have you today. As I said, we got a couple of things going on this morning. And uh, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have a dedication today. Oh, I'm glad the mother made it. <laughs> You're back in. You know, you might go, well, what is a, what is a dedication? Why are we doing this? Well, uh, Stephanie, when they started coming here a while back, um, asked me, would you mind baptizing EJ for us? And so I said, well, we need to talk about that. So today is going to be real interesting because we're going to distinguish between dedicating a baby and baptizing a person, a believer. Amen? Amen. So what we're doing uh, with EJ today is not one of the ordinances. We're not commanded to do this. I think it's a great idea to do this. And what it is, it's kind of a commitment service, really. It's committing EJ to the Lord and saying, God, we want you to be sovereign in his life. We're going to do what we can do as a church family to see that he grows up in the fear and admonition of the Lord and that he's got a dad today that's going to be baptized. I wanted to do it the other way around, but the other party in my household said we're not going to have a wet daddy and a mama up there holding a baby. So uh, I think she was right, incidentally. But anyway, so let's just turn, if you have your Bible, to 1 Samuel. And... If you don't, I'll read the portion for you. There was a lady named Hannah. I'm going to tell you the little story. And Hannah wanted a baby so, so bad. Some of y'all may have even wanted a baby and couldn't get pregnant. And she just would go to the temple, and she would weep, and she would cry. And the priest would watch her, and they thought, well, you know, what's going on with this person? Does she have some kind of sin in her life and all this kind of thing? You can read it all in 1 Samuel chapter 1. But... What's happening is that God grants her request and in gratefulness and satisfaction and she just says, Lord, I want to dedicate this little baby Samuel to y'all, to, to you. And what's so interesting is she dedicates Samuel and Samuel, I would say of all the prophets, maybe other than Elijah, is one of the, has the greatest impact in his ministry really in the Bible. Samuel's there. He's the one that goes and finds King David and anoints this shepherd boy and proclaims those words we've said often here that God looks inside of the heart. Man looks at how handsome people are or how tall they are and this kind of thing. And Samuel has this great ministry. And this all comes out of Deuteronomy 6.4. I'm going to read that first. You don't have to turn to it. Hear, O Israel. This is called the Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Is, are God's words on your heart? I'm going to ask you that today. Are you treasuring them in your heart? Do you run to the words that he's inscribed in your heart, Tomas, when you're in some difficulty in life? If they're not, guys, treasure God's word in your heart. And then he says this, God's word. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children. I praise God that I had a father and a mother that some of y'all knew that taught me diligently God's word. Amen? And you are the beneficiaries of that fruit of my parents' ministry in a way. You understand? It goes beyond just me being blessed. And you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Talk of what? about what? The words of God, okay? And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Amen. So the word of God should be when you lie down, when you rise up, when you're in the way, 
when you're coming, when you're going, when you're there, when you're here. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And it should be the thing that's the guiding objective truth in each of our lives. And that's what the Lord wants when he talks about dedication of a baby. We also know that Mary and Joseph took their baby uh, Jesus to the temple for dedication. And you can read about that in Luke 2.22. I'm reading now the portion where Hannah decides she wants to dedicate this child to the Lord. Now, when Hannah had weaned Samuel, she was no longer nursing him. She took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour. Hope you all didn't bring all that today. A skin of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young and they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord. Eli was the priest. As your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here. He's reminding, she's reminding him, I'm the one that was in here weeping. She says, for this child I prayed, and the Lord granted me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worshiped the Lord there, 1 Samuel 1, 24. It is my great pleasure to introduce uh, Stephanie. Stephanie, raise your hand. Stephanie Martin, Stephanie Ann Martin, and, and Aaron Matthew Martin. And they have here, let me see, Esmond, Jerry, Matthew, Martin. It's a long name for a little bitty baby. (laughs) And what's fun here at Union Grove, since we've started our ministry together, I think of it that we're all in partnership here. Do you all realize in one month we have been together for four years? That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand. And... One thing we do here is whenever we baptize someone, and now we're, these baptisms today put us over 30 people that have been baptized here in our ministry with one another. And Sue, some of y'all remember the days when there were just seven people here, not for months, but for years, right? right. So the Lord is doing a work here in Union Grove. But we give a certificate. We have a copy of this certificate in color along with the baptismal certificates that now go in a safe that was given to us. It's a fireproof safe. They're there for hundreds of years. I put this up front to remind us that we're just in this flow. There's been a community of faith of some kind here since the 1840s. The church got put together sometime in the 1870s, and then in about 1890, it helped to form some of the associations we're still in. But this is a baby dedication certifying that Esmond, Jerry, Matthew, Martin, and I said all that without looking, on this seventh day of June, in the year 2020 at Union Grove Baptist Church of Whitehall, Stephanie Martin, Aaron Martin, uh, he was dedicated here to the Lord. So I'm going to ask you all to come up now, and I'm going to ask you a series of questions. And I want you to realize, guy, remember when we heard and people made fun of, I think it was Hillary or somebody said it takes a village to raise a child. Well, you know what? To raise a child in the Lord, it takes a couple who are dedicated to them. But sometimes God uses people outside of that couple. Some of us didn't have parents that were uh, faithful and true. Stephanie, are you okay? Okay. She went down on her knees. I didn't know she's overcome with emotion or fainting. And uh, this is just for EJ today. I'm not talking about the other one. Yeah, we, you've told everybody, so I'm not like, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's rumored there may be another dedication a few months from now. 
I was worried about baptizing her today. I'm not sure I can keep you down there without us all bobbing back up. But anyway, I'm going to ask you all some things, and I want you to answer, we do. Just like the day you got married, but you said, I do, and you said, I do. So do you today recognize these children as the, this child as the gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Do you now dedicate your child to the Lord who gave, gave him to you, surrendering all worldly claims upon his life in the hope that he will belong wholly to God? We do. do you pledge as parents that with God's fatherly help, you will bring up this child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, making every reasonable effort with patience and love to build the word of God the character of Christ, and the joy of the Lord into his life? Do. do you promise to provide for him through God's blessing for his physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual needs of your children, of, of your child, looking to your own heavenly Father for the wisdom, love, strength to serve him and not use them? Do. do you promise God helping you to make it your regular prayer that by God's grace this child will come to trust in Jesus Christ alone for his forgiveness of his sins and for his fulfillment and for his salvation. Even eternal life in this faith, follow Jesus as Lord and to obey his teachings. Now, I want to say this. Just because we've done this doesn't mean E.J. saved. He's not. E.J. right now is innocent. If E.J. went to be with the Lord, he would be with him immediately, okay? But there will be come a day when he will be what we call it at the age of accountability. And that's why we practice accountability baptism in this, faith, in this faith paradigm that we're in, this piece of the body of Christ. So we're going to pray for that day, and I'm going to ask the church now, and you're going to answer, we do. Church, do you promise to support this couple with prayer, with help, with correction, with love, with affirmation, with exhortation, and to be to them that village, that body of Christ, that community of faith that God intends for you to be? We do. We do. Okay. So I'm going to ask now Scott and Karen to come up and lay hands on E.J., representing the entire congregation so we don't all crowd to the front. And we're going to all put our hands, Mom and Dad, y'all put your hands on him. And I'm going to start off, and I'm going to ask Sandy if you'll please... Lord Jesus, a new baby is such a miracle, a new little life that can be molded and formed, a new little life that brings such joy when they respond to our teaching and they respond to our voice. Lord, I pray for this child now that you will make the world a better place to be through him, that he will have a heart that seeks you in all things, that he is able to ascertain your will for him and his life. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will be by his side to guide him. And at the moment when he is at the point where he can make a decision, that he has the knowledge to make a decision about you, that he will serve you with all of his heart, that he'll give his heart to you. And I pray for these parents. Lord Jesus, they love you, and they want to do what is right. And I just pray, God, that you'll continue to guide their hearts and lead them as parents and encourage them as parents and let them know, Lord, that it's not all up to them 
but that you will be there with them, that you will guide them. And even in the little mistakes they might make or that they perceive as mistakes, there's nothing too big that you cannot handle and that you cannot redeem. And we just pray your blessings and your grace on this couple. May the Lord bless you, EJ. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance to you. And EJ, may the Lord God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who came in the form of this man, Jesus, this perfect man, may he bless you and keep you in perfect shalom. And Lord, I do pray for Stephanie, and I pray for Aaron, Lord, that you would now cause them, Lord, to keep teachable spirits, that we can instruct them and help them and be a true community of faith and not just people who wave at them as they come on Sundays. Bless him and keep him in Jesus' precious and holy name. We dedicate EJ to you, Lord, Father in heaven. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. <clears throat> Here's your certificate. Okay. Y'all can go ahead and take your seats. And Larry, I think you have a few more songs for us. Yes, sir. It was so that was really a really a nice nice deal thing there. That and EJ slept right through it all. He was just he was so comforted. He's there. He's just a, you know. He's, that was shalom. Yes, absolutely. You guys can stand with us if you'd like. We're gonna do a song called "Shout to the Lord." Oh, listen to her tickle those keys. Hey. <laughs> My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, power and refuge and strength, let every breath. All that I am never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord of the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will walk at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I'll love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days. I want to praise the wonders of your mighty My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, all that I am, never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord of the earth, let us sing 
Power and majesty, praise to the King. Mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Nothing compares to the promise I have. Oh, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. breakfast I read the uh, I read at least a verse and it really speaks to you in the early morning that's you know you take pick a time that it really speaks to you for me it's early in the morning but the word can really speak to you if you just open it up and listen to it I'm finding myself at a loss for words and the funny thing is is it's okay the last thing I need 
is to be heard but to hear what you would say oh will God speak would you pour down light rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness word of I'm finding myself in the midst of you Beyond the music, beyond the noise, all that I need is to be with you. And in the quiet, to hear your voice, word of God's dream, but you pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see. Your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak, would you pour down my rain, washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know. You're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. Word of God speak. I'm finding myself at a loss for words. And the funny thing is, is it's okay. lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything that you do for us on a daily basis. Praise this little baby that came to you today. Praise your parents. Show him the right path. Please be with the pastor as he brings this very significant message today for the lives of the two that you have done. You guys be seated. Some of y'all have heard my words on baptism and, and told you about it, and, and I just want you to really understand what we're doing. It's often in the church, you know, this baptism happens, it's tagged on to the end of a service, and they bring some people out and they baptize them. I want you to raise your hand, beginning with me, if you were not raised a Baptist. Okay, that leaves about maybe five people in here were raised Baptist. Okay, raise your hand if you were raised Baptist. All right, y'all y'all are a tiny little minority of people. And that's okay because we're just brothers and sisters in Christ. But I, I'm bringing this up because one of the things is I began to attend a Baptist church. And, and there's a lot wrapped up in our name, a Baptist church. When I was in Greece a few years ago, the guide asked me, what is it that Baptists believe? What makes y'all different? And I thought, that's an interesting point you know and I y'all have heard me I don't sit here and preach Baptist uh, 
the Baptist church is the only thing you can be in. But as the Lord called me into things and I ended up going to seminary, I ended up realizing that down in my heart, my beliefs had always lined up really with a Baptistic way of theology. Let's just put it that way. And so there's a lot wrapped up in our name. Uh, Union Grove, this is the Union Grove Baptist Church building. That's the one that it's kind of fun because the pews that are in the fellowship hall, y'all were in that building as was the pulpit that we preach on on Wednesday nights. Yeah, as well as the back pews that some of y'all uh, are sitting on. There's Kathy. So we're going to talk today about what does the Bible say about being baptized. It's really, really important. Being, I want to start off by saying being baptized isn't what saves you. You cannot be baptized and go to heaven. If you don't believe that, go look at the thief on the cross that he didn't have a chance to get baptized, right? Uh, you brought that up in one of our podcasts. Uh, he just came to believe, and he repented there on the cross. He said, Lord, just take me into your kingdom. He says, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Amen. So if you would, if you're able to stand, and let's read the key passage for today out of Romans, and in honor of God's word together, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. You may be seated, and may God bless the reading of his word. This is important because there's a couple of things going on in here. We are baptized into Christ Jesus, into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him in death, in baptism, and we were raised from the dead. And that's what you're seeing happening up in this baptismal font. You're seeing someone, it's kind of like a funeral and a wedding and a branding and all this stuff happening on the same day. And you're going, how can it be a funeral? Well, it's a funeral because it's representative, Joey, of the old you going down there and being left at the bottom of that thing. The Lord help whatever's down there when we drain that out, right? <laughs> and then when you're pulled back up out of the water, it symbolizes being raised into a new life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So when you come to the Lord, you are a new creation according to God's word. The devil likes to beat up on you and say, oh, you're that same old scallywag you used to be. No, you're not. You're a new creation and you're new in Christ. Amen. You may have some of the old man left in you that you got to kick down occasionally with the Holy Spirit, but you are a new creation. So this morning, we're going to talk about who gets baptized what does it mean? Where does it happen? Why do we do it? It's obedience. When should we do it? And by whom do we do it? And this is kind of it, and then I'm going to dismiss and we can go eat, because that's the, it's believers only. It's an outward sign of an inward thing going on in you, where it doesn't matter. It can be up in this baptismal font. It can be at Yarborough Lake. It can be in my swimming pool. We baptized folks in the swimming pool before. Matter of fact, your parents were baptized in my pool. Uh, and 
Why do we do this? We do it because of obedience. It's one of the two things that the Lord tells us to do. He says, do these things. Do you all know what they are? One is to be baptized if you've come to faith in him. What's the second one? No, but it's something we do on the first Sunday of every month. Communion. So we're told to do communion and we're told to baptize. But those are wrapped up in what Ken's saying. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, incidentally, we postponed it till next week because with the baby dedication, two baptisms and a lunch, we didn't think it would be proper to have communion this morning and hustle through and do something uh, that wasn't meaningful but just done. And when should this happen? Soon after you come to faith. I don't know. There's people that wait and wait and wait, and they, get, they come to the Lord, and then they go, well, yeah, I'm kind of waiting. And we met, you and I met a guy, remember, that he just, I guess he was waiting until his mama said he could. So finally in his 20s, he got baptized. It was really a weird deal. It's as strange as being a, a Christ follower and coming here and then not taking the cup and the bread when they go by. It's just weird, you know. We're supposed to do this, and we're going to look at a scripture. By whom, it doesn't matter. Typically, it's good to be, by that I'm saying, it doesn't have to be a priest. It doesn't have to be an ordained minister. It doesn't have to be, I mean, I think, Daryl, you probably baptized dozens of people, haven't you? Because you, you're an ordained minister, I believe, from when you were in Guatemala. Huh? And you baptized people before that. So, you know. Huh? He was a baptizer. <laughs> He was a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. That's what he was. So first I want to tell you, let's go back in time. Jews have baptized the way we do this morning for 2,000 years. Isn't that wild? And I point this out because really what we do in the Baptist church is we kind of follow our Jewish precedents, so to speak. Like in law, you have a case that you looked at. So we baptize the way that Jesus was baptized. It's called a mikvah. Sometimes y'all will hear me refer to our baptismal font, which is a complicated word. I just call it the mikvah. That's what it is, okay? It's a ritual water that's used for something in the synagogue, and we, of course, are a church. Now, since Ken mentioned that, I thought I'd go ahead and put it up in deference to you, Ken. Not that it was already in my PowerPoint. But here's what we're commanded to do. This is a great commission. Ken said it. Let's read it together. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Belief has always been God's standard for righteousness. Did y'all know that? It wasn't sacrificing the bulls that made someone pleasing to the Lord it was it was pleasing that they would sacrifice something of value and worth but we know back from looking at Genesis 15 that Abraham was sitting there and I believe it was an angel of the Lord came to him and said Abraham or Abram I am going to make of you a great nation and he took him outside and he looked up at the sky and he said you see the stars in the sky he said so shall your descendants be and the scripture says this, and I'm covered with chills as I say this. And Abraham believed him, and God counted it to Abraham as righteousness. What did Abraham have to do to be counted as righteousness? Believe. He had to believe God. God, it seemed, guys, it seems too simple to be true 
But isn't it funny? It's so simple, and yet so many of, of the world don't even do it. Believe God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Romans 3.23, y'all have heard it. Some of you all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Joey. That means even you, even if you think you're perfect, you don't think you're perfect, or even Pastor Favor, if he thinks he's perfect, is a sinner. All have sinned and come short of what God's expectations is of them. And we know that the wages of sin are death. That's what Romans 6.23 means. That that means being eternally separated from God. And I think, and I don't read this anywhere, but I think that hell is sort of like where God honors your desire to be away from him forever. So he just says, you know what? We're just going to keep doing that forever. You didn't want me, and so you can be alone. That could be it. But it's eternal separation. That's eternal death. Romans 10.9 says this, and I'm going to have you all say this as we are standing in the mikvah this morning. It says in Romans, Paul talks to this little church in Rome, and he says, unless you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, he said, if you do that, you're saved. See how that echoes back to what Abraham did? Abraham believed, and God counted it to him as righteousness. That was it. And Paul says, Romans, y'all don't have to show up. You don't have to kneel down. You don't have to give a certain amount of money. You don't have to be on the cradle roll. You don't even have to have been raised a Baptist, Karen. None of that. He believed, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what Paul then says in Romans 10, 13. And we know a better picture of that looking at John's letter where he says, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, say it with me, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So belief has always been the standard that God judges us by. Isn't that interesting? It's nothing else. It's not what we call ourselves or where we go or I'm this or I'm that. It's belief in him. And it was reckoned to him, Sue, as righteousness. So that is the standard. So it is reserved for believers, okay? We baptize only believers. And so that's why we wait in this community of faith until someone has what was the Jewish requirement. The Jewish requirement, if you want to become a Jew, you've got to be submerged and you have to be conscious in your brain about what you're doing. Isn't that interesting? Sounds like the Jews are becoming Baptists, doesn't it? They're not. I said, that's kind of God's way of doing it. And so we never baptized someone in here, Stephanie, back to answer your question, because I never did until EJ's conscious of what he's doing. It makes mama feel good and daddy feel good, but all it does will get him wet. We can get him wet tonight anyway when you bathe him. And then he'll just cry. That's right. So why do we do this? Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Ken already said what Jesus' commandment was in the Great Commission. We're doing that here this morning. That's what this is about. The baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I, I need to be baptized by you. And you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented, and as soon... As Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. Wait a minute. He went up out of the water? I'm sorry, y'all, but I'm a lawyer. If he went up out of the water, then he must have been down in the water, right? So Jesus went 
up out of the water, and at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God right there, descending like a dove, lighting on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Did y'all know this is one of the only places in the Bible that we see the entire Trinity? Do y'all see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit there? The Holy Spirit came as a dove. Where was the Father? It was the voice speaking, and there's Jesus, okay? So that is the Trinity. If you go, well, the Trinity is not in the Bible. Well, it is right there. We just don't see that word. There is an ancient mikvah. We were all going to go to Israel, and we were going to look at that thing. And God worked it out where we didn't go this year. We didn't go do that. And there's a rabbi. Uh, they're baptizing someone. Isn't that funny? A lot, a lot of people don't even know that Jews do that the way that we do that. I just put that up there so you could see that. There's Jesus, the how of baptism. And I want to talk about this a minute because the symbolism, Stephanie, is what we're talking about now. Why do we do it the way we do it? You know, is it just a weird quirk? No, guys, it's about 4,000 years of, of precedence. Do you all follow me? And when, the when of baptism. Uh, we read in Acts that on the day of Pentecost, they gladly received his word and they were baptized. It didn't say they gladly received his word and waited for four years. They gladly received his word. And I think they probably went out the door and all got baptized. See what I'm saying? And then this is one of my favorite. And this is what convinced a young man to get baptized that I talked to. As they traveled along, the Ethiopian eunuch was this guy that was one of the first converts. He was riding along reading the book of what? Laura, you know your... The Ethiopian eunuch was riding along in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. Isaiah. And he came to Isaiah 53, and he said, I don't know what this is talking about. And I think it was, who baptized him? Was it Peter? Philip. Philip, that's right. Philip comes running up beside him. God transported Philip right by this chariot, and he's running along. He says, I'll tell you what you're reading about. You are reading about Jesus the Messiah who came. God in the flesh came to live and die for you and me on a cross. And he shared it with him, and the Ethiopian eunuch believed. And then he turns to Philip, and he says, there's a mud hole there. Why not baptize me right now? And he jumped out of a chariot. It doesn't say mud hole in the word. It says much water. But I think of it, how much water is there really out in the middle of the desert? But anyway, there was water there, and the Ethiopian eunuch gets out. Philip baptizes him, and then what happened to Philip? The Spirit took him away. The Word tells us he just wasn't there anymore. God took him on to his next mission. All right? So that's why it's immediacy there. The why, the where, and the by whom. Why? It's an act of obedience. Where? It doesn't matter. By whom? It doesn't matter. Paul told the Corinthian church, I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. Now, why did he say something that weird? Louder? Like, for what reason? It would be like if, if Frederick got baptized by me, which he did, and then someone else got baptized, uh, Jimmy, you got baptized by Kelton, and Frederick said, you know, I, Pastor Faber baptized me. <laughs> they were arguing about as though that had some merit to something, and it didn't. Okay, and Paul says, I'm sorry I baptized any of y'all. I'm just glad I did Christmas and Gaius. I just think that's kind of funny. And the what? Baptism is an outward sign of an inward faith. So, Larry, what's the inward faith? What are we talking about? 
Do we do anything else like that in our, in our knowledge? Uh, is there an outward sign of anything? Uh, I'm, twi get, I'm twisting something around my finger here. Is there an outward sign of an inward thing going on? Yeah. How about who in here, Cassandra, owns cattle? And when you put a brand on a cow, what are you saying? Mine. So this is kind of like being branded up here today. It's kind of like a wedding ring. Do you all remember what I said? It's sort of like a funeral. It's kind of like a wedding. It's kind of like a branding. Okay? And it's an outward sign, Aaron and Stephanie. It's an outward sign, Aaron, of the faith that you profess about March 15th, I think. It was a weird deal. I was preaching along, and Aaron said, man, I believe. And he got up, and he went to confession, and we covered our ears. And No, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, I'm teasing Aaron. And Aaron said, I've got to do something, y'all. I've, I've got to know that I'm going to heaven. And he trusted the Lord, and then we closed the church. So you, you're the first time in all these years this church closed because you accepted the Lord. No, COVID came. and we. But anyway, Aaron came up, and he waited patiently. So that's why we're going to baptize Aaron this morning. And Stephanie, I think you're just wanting to be rebaptized to recommit it with your husband. It's like a cattle brand that allows you and identifies you to be a Christ follower. Then it says, and be raised into newness of life. And I want to bring this up because I, some of my heartbreaks have been when I baptized some folks in this place. And then they've refused to live in newness of life. The Lord made them a new creation, and they've gone off. And I, I even baptized one person here. They don't, they don't look around. They came and said, can I get baptized today? Their friend was. They were one of our 30. That person got baptized, and then later on someone said, did you see her, Pastor Faber? She stole money out of the plate. That is not being raised to newness of life, all right, guys? And so I want you to know that through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, Tomas, and Joey, and Jimmy, and Frederick, God can have power in your life if you let him. It's the Holy Spirit to bring you into newness of life. This being raised in newness of life means you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, take sin in your life captive. You say, sin, I'm done with you. Devil, I'm through with you, right? Tyson, you, you and I have talked. You had a point when you did that. For the weapons of our warfare. What is the warfare? It's our life, guys. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places, okay? But what are the weapons of our warfare? They are not carnal. They are not fleshly. They are not, Gary, what you can muster up with your strength. Rochelle, what you can make happen. They are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Amen? Amen. So you have the ability to say, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, take control of this situation. I pull down this stronghold that's in my brain, that's in my heart, and God, I want you back on the throne. Amen? Amen. Casting down arguments, because you're going to argue with yourself, Kelton. You're going to say, do I really believe what I'm telling Tomas? That's when you're arguing with yourself and you say, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You doubt. Get out of my brain. I know you. I know you, Lord. I know you claim me. I know you branded me. I know you put a wedding ring on me as your bride. And, Lord, that's how I want to be. And you pull these strongholds down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Aaron... You're going to take this step in a minute, and you're going to go into this water, and you're going to say, I want the old Aaron to be left behind and to go on out that drain pipe. 
In newness of Christ, you're lifted. But that is a choice where you're going to make daily to say, Holy Spirit of God, take control of my life today. Right, Daryl? You, you know that. That is what it's, it requires. It requires some discipline on your part to give it up to God again. It's like you have to have the discipline, Rose, to give up over it, don't you? You have to have that discipline to surrender it to him. Say, God, I'm, I'm worn out trying. God, I'm giving it to you today. Get me through today. Get me out of this cubicle today and just get me home. Amen? She knows what I'm talking about. I think there's a, I don't even need to talk about this, what I call sal salad bar Christianity. You know, I think I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to pick at this. It's like a buffet. It's not a buffet. You come to know the Lord through faith. You submit first in baptism, like many of y'all have in this room. And then it's the daily discipline of saying, word of God, speak. Amen. Pour down like rain. Wash my eyes clean that I can see you again. When I sang that today, was like I was overcome with the Holy Spirit saying, Word of God, speak. Come down like rain. It rained yesterday, and it was just, I don't know, it was weird. I was sitting in my barn, and it was hot and humid and oppressive. And the rain came down, and the cool blew through there, and I just didn't even want to go inside. I just sat out there painting my, painting my tools like some of y'all know I do when I color my stuff. I just was enjoying it. And that's, I think, the kind of thing that the Lord wants us to experience in His Holy Spirit. Amen? So what is the action today? If you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, today can be the day of your salvation. Some in here haven't. You've wondered about it. You've been curious. You've thought about it. Well, yeah, that's kind of maybe a good idea. Guys, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The gospel was the same that day as it is today. Nothing's changed even though history and time and nations have changed. The gospel of Jesus Christ remains the same on June the 7th, 2020, as it was on 33 AD when Jesus was taken from the cross. Amen. So today we're going to look at two who are going to give us a symbolism. And they're going to go in obedience. And so I'm going to ask Michael, if he would, to cue up some songs. And while, Sandy, you help Stephanie get dressed, someone hold the baby. Who are you, young lady? I see you here. 